0: Welcome to Living Water Radio. What is more important in life, appearance or reality? Is what people think of us or who we really are that is more important? Has that changed during the pandemic when most of our social interactions are communicated through our superficial appearance with fewer of the normal social cues like body language and context coming into play? Today we're going to share with you some ideas on how to live a genuine life. My name is Pastor David Berkodahl. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I've worked in a variety of blue-collar summer jobs, served in the Marine Corps, played drums and jazz bands, and was a competitive master swimmer. After college in Minnesota and a seminary in Berkeley, I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California and in San Dimas, California for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 110 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. One of our members of the church I served in San Dimas worked for an organization that sent English teachers to China. They were all Christians. Christian missionaries from other countries are not allowed in China. In many ways, that has led to a stronger Chinese Christian church, even under persecution. The Chinese government, however, is desperate for English language teachers, so Christian English language teachers are as close to missionaries to China as we're likely to get for a while. There are limitations, however. Teachers may have a Bible on their desk at school, but they are not allowed to say anything about it unless they are asked. Teachers may go to church, but they are not allowed to say anything about it unless they are asked. And then only in vague terms. There is no proselytizing allowed. Our member had been a teacher but was promoted to being a supervisor. Once a year, she went to China to meet with the organization's teachers there. One year, she was called into the office of a regional official of the Chinese government. One of their teachers had crossed the line. The official lectured our member for hours, and finally, at the end, he said, Look, we'll pretend that we don't know what you are doing if you pretend that you're not doing it. Honor and shame. Not that I'm singling out China. It's just one of many places with the same culture, honor and shame, appearance over reality. I would say that our culture is primarily based on achievement of measurable factors such as the money we make, the car we drive, our education, where we live, and so on. But many other cultures are based on honor and shame, including some traditional cultures in the Middle East today, where if, for example, a young woman dishonors her family by getting pregnant without being married, it is her brother's duty to kill her. Or in much of the culture of the New Testament— Remember when Joseph, the earthly father, sometimes called stepfather of Jesus, found out that his fiancée, although that's not quite strong enough uh, term, Mary was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his? Uh, Fiancée is not adequate since the the term in, in some translations of the Bible reads betrothed, which recognizes the status of Joseph and Mary's relationship as past engagement or agreement. Betrothal was a legal relationship that was not yet marriage, but could not be broken without a divorce. It often lasted a year, and the couple remained virgins, living with their respective families during that time. In Matthew's Gospel, the first chapter, beginning at the 18th verse, we read, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Mary was pregnant, and Joseph could legally have had her stoned to death, but being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But then an an angel showed up. Honor and shame. Or when Jesus performed his first miracle, changing water into wine, we read this in the Gospel of John, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Did Jesus just want to make sure the guests could party? No, honor and shame. He wanted to help the host avoid a major social embarrassment and, as a result, lose the respect of his peers and his standing in his society. It's been said that miracles are not exceptions to the natural order. They are a restoration of the natural order to the way things were intended to be, the way they ought to be. And perhaps this miracle is a metaphor for God's extravagant grace, God's unearned love for God's people. We all run out of what we can do to justify ourselves. God takes our shame to the cross. Apart from God, we can do nothing, and there is no satisfaction in life. It's interesting to read these stories because they seem so foreign to the values of our culture. Do people in our culture think more about retaining their honor and avoiding shame? Or about how to reduce standards in general? Do we think about the honor and shame of others at all? Or do we, above all else, not want to seem judgmental? What do you think? Do we only value success as our culture defines it? Do we even think about honor in our culture? And do we have a capacity for shame? When I was in ninth grade, I admit that I had a bit of a temper. An incident from that time is still burned into my sister and brother's (laughs) memories. I'll be on a Zoom, Zoom call with them This afternoon, and if you were there, all you would have to mention are the words Chicago and chair, and they could tell you the whole story. We were on vacation then in a hotel room in Chicago. It was Sunday and we were getting ready to go to church. Ready to go, I presented myself in my vacation clothes, shorts, and a t shirt. We need to leave. Wear your church clothes, my parents said. I'm ready, this is what I'm wearing, I answered. You're not wearing that to church, my parents said. This is what I'm wearing. We're on vacation, I said. You're not wearing that to church, my parents retorted. Things started to escalate. I am wearing this to church. God sees the heart. God doesn't care what I wear to church, I theologized. Well, we care what you wear to church. Now get change. We need to leave now, they responded practically. At some point, a chair might have been thrown. Did I mention that I had a temper? But see, I was right. And my parents were right also. How do we show awe and respect to God as a public witness? What do we show people when we share the Christian life that sets us apart from other lives? How do we demonstrate the singular nature of that life of faith in a living relationship with the one true living God? What do we say, come visit my church, come hear our pastor, come listen to our choir, To our band? How do people come to an actual living relationship with God? Where are the mentors in the Christian life for new believers, people fresh out of destructive lifestyles and spiritual darkness? God is ultimate reality. How much reality are we willing to know and embody as God's people? We can't give away what we don't have. Who are we as the people of God right here, right now, and what do we really care about? We're at a point in a pandemic where over a million people have died of COVID-19 worldwide that we know of. Who knows how honest other countries are at listing their dead? It would be anathema for anyone at any level in an honor and shame culture, including the country as a whole, to admit to any negative outcomes. California is the first state in our country to go over 700,000 confirmed cases, and almost 13,000 people have died. Yet leaders all over the country are still having to beg people to do the simplest things to prevent the spread. Do we have no honor, no shame? Are we unwilling to do what is required to show care for a brother or sister? The Dodgers are in the playoffs. They beat the Milwaukee Brewers last night. They are among the boys of October and look good for going all the way. Leo DeRosher, coach of the Brooklyn Dodgers, once said, Nice guys finish last. He meant it. Gary Shandling, the comedian in one of my favorite sports quotes, said, Nice guys finish first. If you don't know that, then you don't know where the finish line is. This life is not all there is. There is judgment and a life that is to come. Our creeds, our core belief statements, declare that Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead, and there will be the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. That's the finish line. That is the scale by which we measure a genuine life. It's lived in response to God's grace, God's unearned love for us and for our welfare. In Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter, beginning at the sixth verse, he writes, For while we were still weak, At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul describes the center around which this life revolves. Turn away from your sin, your shame, What is separating you from God? Christ died for you so that you can receive God's gift of faith, a living relationship with the one true living God, because you can't give away what you don't have. Seek the mentorship of a Christian you respect and be a mentor to someone who needs something genuine in their life, the genuine love of God. This is the only way to live a genuine life, by giving it away. We all, in a sense, live lives of honor and shame our shame, and Christ's honor. Let us live lives that are genuine to the glory of God. Today, let's remember to pray for those struggling for racial equality and for those who protect and serve. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at davidberkadall and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have currently available and support the church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio.